0: hi friends hello hi friends and welcome back to stacked the podcast about life and books and life with books i am zipporah
1: and i'm amanda
0: and welcome back how are you doing amanda
1: i'm good i um, i feel like i'm always good yeah <laughs>
0: <laughs> no you know what? like when we really think about it what other acceptable response is there to the question how are you yeah, I mean, I feel like I've automated it. Yeah, Just you know, like, I'm, I'm good. Yeah, I'm good. <laughs> Sometimes I'm like, I'm good I'm, yeah, good, I'm good. I could literally be on fire and I'd be like, yeah, I'm good, I'm good.
1: Yeah. If things are right, yeah. And then the next Can't question complain. I'd be like, actually, my life is falling apart. Yeah. But
0: I'm good. <laughs> no, literally. Um, no, but my life isn't
1: falling apart. I am good. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to think if I've been doing anything interesting. Mm-hmm. No. 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 <laughs> <laughs> i've been going to the cinema i went to see i don't know if i told you about this already transformers mm-hmm. did i say that already no
0: transformers yeah i'm a
1: transformers girl but i haven't the, seen a single transformers movie in okay, my life okay number one I'm and two late. are really bad yeah really good mm-hmm. three and four were awful and this new one has really like what, is, getting back there
0: yeah
1: <laughs> i really enjoyed it okay yeah
0: but yeah. I want to go to cinema. the cinema as well actually recently. I'm trying to get back into the habit of like going to the cinema yeah. regularly because yeah. I actually love the cinema. Same. And like I miss going like it being like a whole thing a whole event like it was when we were younger Mm. i went to go watch into the spider-verse was it good yeah yeah, really 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 good my brother told me to go watch it because you know like i personally have divested from like marvel movies i'm not engaging in that stuff anymore i don't really like it. it's not good except and i wish we could come out and say that except for lego batman x-men x-men is dc okay is it (laughs) yeah (laughs) i'm pretty sure (laughs) well i love it (laughs) (laughs) The movie is literally only the animated ones that I like Like I really Really? liked Lego Batman And I really like Into the Spider-Verse So I went to go see that And that was fun And then now I'm really looking forward to going to see Barbie and Oppenheimer Because I'm a girlie who can do both
1: Yeah, I see that online Everyone's like (laughs) obsessed with I mean, I want to see Barbie I didn't even Oppenheimer wasn't on my radar Until Mm -hmm. they've made these comparisons What is Oppenheimer about?
0: So it's about the guy who helped to basically build the atomic bomb oh yeah yeah mm-hmm. I've seen the
1: trailer when I went to watch the Transformers yeah yeah
0: yeah. did it look good like as a trailer it did look really good yeah and it was
1: just like this thing of like shit what have I done
0: yeah yeah <laughs> relatable <laughs> so yeah I'm really looking forward to seeing those soon they're coming out on the same day as well so that really? should be exciting yeah oh my gosh one time me and
1: tomorrow, like. Tickets to see cinema all day. Yeah, just different doors all yeah day.
0: exactly. i I literally might do that same thing, but I don't know if I want to start off with Oppenheimer and then go for Barbie or sell Barbie and go for Oppenheimer. But all I know is that I'm dressing for Barbie. Then I don't know. I can't Right? I
1: don't know. I'll figure it out. Yeah. I'll figure it out. I would out. probably start with Oppenheimer. Is it is it Oppenheimer? or
0: Oppenheimer? Oppenheimer. Yeah, I'd start with that. Yeah and then because I probably want to
1: end on a because I feel like Barbie's going to be like, it's what's on so the inside fun. that counts. And it's going to be really funny. And like, Oppenheim is probably going to be like, think about what you're doing before you do it.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let's let's end with the fun one, probably. <laughs> so what are you reading at the moment?
1: Yeah, I'm not reading anything new. Because mm-hmm. like I said, I'm trying to get into this thick book mm-hmm. situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you're reading, you've got like four books going. Yeah. At the moment. <laughs> it's all just to kind of like encourage me. Yeah. <laughs> so nothing new from me which is good because I think that's another thing like I like to be able to say yeah I'm reading this now this Mm -hmm. new one now but actually there's nothing new I'm I'm fighting for my life. And I'm trying to fight for the old Amanda who loved big books. I'm mm. gonna, you guys. I'm like a broken record. I don't care.
0: <laughs> it's your life, okay? <laughs> okay. It matters. <laughs> um, but how Ooh. are you? No, I'm okay. I'm okay. Started a new job. Yeah. But that just means less time for reading. Really. Oh, like is the way that I'm seeing it. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> time for reading because like i think also because like my commute isn't even like long yeah, yeah. i don't even have like a long love commute where I mean, i'm like i can really get into my I commute's know, not even long i know imagine, i get I'm, there like, in like five i know i'm like it's 30 minutes door to door like <laughs> what am i supposed to do with that no but like i actually don't have time like to sit down properly on the train and like read so mm. I'm finding that I'm, like, missing out on, like, a lot of reading during the day. Yeah, Yeah. so I feel like I'm just going to have to continue to be kind of, like, really intentional about making sure that I have time to actually read. Yeah. But other than that, I'm reading the book that you recommended. And, yeah, I'm not that deep into it yet because I'm also still kind of reading Negrophobia, the Darius James one. But that one, like, because it's so kind of, like... I don't know what the word is for it like it's very
1: weird to me yeah it's
0: very strange like it's like very symbolic in certain kind of ways and it's like very like hyperbolic as well like a lot of exaggerations like super satirical and ironic so it's Mm -hmm. like sometimes it's not fun to read especially because it's about like race and stuff yeah um but it's also kind of funny but like sometimes I just want to read something that's going to be like you know chill yeah Like i don't, I just want chill like i don't yeah. have to think about this too much and so i picked up the vegetarian by han kang as well which is as you said just about a woman who decides to be vegetarian and kind of like how all of a sudden for like that scene is this massive subversion because it's going against kind of the societal norms or the mores and just kind of what it means when we make decisions for ourselves um
1: yeah i really like it and i really like society. the cover yeah from a shallow perspective <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so today we are talking about books that have revolutionised our worldview and a bit about revolutionary books more generally. Before we start, I think we should define revolution kind of for the episode because I think I think generally revolutions you make you think of overthrowing government. Mm-mm. We're not necessarily talking about that. <laughs> so we're defining it as a dramatic and wide-reaching change in conditions, attitudes or operation. And I think... For us anyway, we feel like, and I think people know that books are powerful catalysts for change Mm -hmm. and they already have been. I think there's lots of evidence of that because they open up people's perspectives to the reality or realities of the world. They give people the language to advocate for themselves. And I feel like they connect us to shared interests, shared pursuits. And obviously change often comes about by big groups of people getting together and demanding things. So yeah, and it's why certain books are banned, why the Nazis burnt books when that opposed their regime during the war, or the wars, mm-hmm. or World mm-hmm. War II. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. um, so yeah, I just thought it was interesting to think about the books that have changed or revolutionized us, and also to think about the books that have changed the world and where we stand in front of them. Mm. So yeah, what books have changed your attitude or the way you operate?
0: books that have changed me i think i have two that stick out or stand out in my brain very much as books that i feel like awoke me to a certain kind of as you're saying like a reality or an mm. awareness that i might have not had before mm. or maybe had not as you're saying had the language or the awareness to really ground in like you know reality in my life and like Mm. how it affects my life Mm. so I think like the first of them would probably be and I think this is like the perfect example um of as you're saying like this revolutionary writing because I think it does it perfectly but it's Animal Farm by Mm. George Orwell I think that's the first time that I read a book and I feel like we say that so much on this podcast it was (laughs) the first time when I read a book how many first times
1: can we have but I don't know I think I think constantly need to be reminded of things. Yeah. And so mm-hmm. maybe what is a first time is just like a, a, a new way. Yeah. <laughs> it's like I haven't heard
0: of it this way. And yeah. actually this mm-hmm. is
1: refreshing my mm-hmm. feelings maybe. about this thing. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I feel like Animal Farm kind of was my kind of class awakening almost. So like my awakening to how those dynamics kind of operate in society. And... It was done in the best way possible, because obviously it's an allegorical novel about animals, Mm -hmm. like literally just a farm. And I remember reading it and being like, hey, this isn't fair. (laughs) And then, you know, when this doesn't seem right. Wait a minute. Yeah, this doesn't seem right. (laughs) I think this was probably like primary school because we were studying it. And then like when they actually break it down for you and you realize how you can apply it to like your own life and the real world. And class systems and class war like warfare and what that means for us I think that for me was like a really big like awakening and it helped me understand kind of these very wide big concepts that I feel like were a little bit harder to grasp at that age things like socialism or things like dictatorships or just those kind of like grand government you know concepts that maybe were not as solid for me in my brain when I was at that age
1: yeah and what a skill to be able to communicate those topics to children or yeah. to young people exactly I think it's so challenging like you read a very technical book and you're like what
0: mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm. I'm still trying to digest Karl Marx's what was it the
0: one that <laughs> the main the who, communist manifesto there we go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 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 yeah no no and I think yeah you're exactly right like just the best way to translate those very big, grand ideas into something that's very digestible and very, like, accessible, even for, like, younger minds. And also, like, a great introduction to, like, power dynamics within society yeah. as well.
1: Did it change the way that you approached people in any way Mm. or was it just like maybe the way that you empathize with people
0: yeah probably more like the way that I empathize with people and then also more the way that I contextualized my own life Mm. you know Mm. and like my own place in society yeah and just like about this Concept of power and what power can do to people, Mm. and what having power means for like a group, or what what not having power means for like another group. Yeah, practically. Exactly, practically. How it can like manifest itself when it comes to like intergroup, like relations, and the way that we interact with each other, just because you hold a lot more power than I do. So, yeah, things like that. And I was like, okay. (laughs) Oh, snap. Yeah, I was like, oh, snap. (laughs) Like, what are these pigs up to? Pigs. Pigs. (laughs) Literally. What about you? Like, what was a book that you felt like for you changed your attitude or the way that you operated?
1: I think the first one was Noughts and Crosses by Mallory Blackman. Oh, my
0: God. Let's get into it. Let's get into it right now. Let's get into it. Because she really said, I'm going to teach you guys something about race. Something about race. Mm -hmm. And you know what? It's the simple, not like the simplest like concept. No, it is. Like just to switch it the other way. It literally is just a switch the other way opposite day
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> like literally oh um, no please yeah, no, get
1: into it. no but literally so what it taught me was oh, that should we like should we explain knots and yeah, crosses sorry, in case yeah, someone yeah. hasn't read it so knots and crosses is a fictional series mm-hmm. i think it's three books yeah i think it's three yeah and basically what w- the premise is that black people are the super quote-unquote superior race mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and yeah basically that and she kind of just takes you from the perspective of these two young people's mm. like r- romantic relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, one of
0: them is white, the other one is black. Yeah, mm. but yeah. So the white,
1: the black girl is in the position of power as mm. a black person mm. in this. I won't. I won't say utopian because
0: <laughs> <laughs> not in this utopia.
1: <laughs> in the sci-fi. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> in the sci-fi world, know, world? society, yeah, society. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the her white partner mm-hmm. is a nought
0: a naught. yeah which is actually because last episode we were talking about language right yeah. which is one thing that i did i think like Mallory, Mallory blackman did so perfectly in this book was like just showing or like showing how language and the words that we associate with things can kind of change your perception of self even. Mm, mm. So like how we were saying before about darkness and night always being equated to bad, yeah. always being equated to evil. I feel like it was clever that in knots and crosses, crosses are like the black people, and right? And then knots are the whites. <laughs> and what does naught mean? Nothing. Nothing. <laughs> yeah. But, no, yeah, mm. I love it.
1: And when I say the concept is so simple is because it's that concept mm. alone that helped me to take away what I took from it, Mm, which was mm -hmm. that racism is just kind of made up Mm, because mm -hmm. we can just switch it around.
0: And it would still make as much sense as it makes now. Literally. Mm -hmm. What it
1: was telling me at the time is, because when I was a teenager, I didn't really understand race Mm. to the level that I understand, or the extent I understand it now. Back then, what it was showing me was that, okay, I always felt like, Okay, I'm black, and Mm -hmm. so black people only like certain things. Mm -hmm. Like, I like rap music, Mm -hmm. I like chicken, Mm -hmm. I'm black. Mm -hmm. And then whenever I like things that are not, quote-unquote, black, Mm -hmm. I'm acting white. Mm -hmm. And what that taught me was that, no, I'm not acting white, Mm -hmm. I'm acting like myself. Mm -hmm. Like a person who likes lots of different things. Exactly. And that black wasn't some kind of, I don't know. Monolith, some box that
0: we all fit into. Exactly, because Mm -hmm.
1: it was like, she just flipped it. Mm -hmm. And now... I'm a white person, mm-hmm. you know. In this, in this yeah, book,
0: in this scenario, um,
1: and that really opened my eyes. I was like, "What? Yeah, they made this up. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it was all a lie." Because <laughs> literally, I was looking around like, "What? She lied. <laughs> this is a, this is crazy." Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And mm-hmm. aside from just being an, like, an engaging and awesome and fun book, mm-hmm.
0: it just taught you so much. It did. And then I think it was also like an interesting mm-hmm. way of like teaching empathy yeah like maybe for like you know white kids who might have read it at that time Were they reading it i don't know i really hope so i really really hope so because like what that book did for me like as you're saying in terms of like my understandings of race especially yeah. at a young age i feel like i hope that like the white kids are reading that book as well i hope they're reading it because it, not even just then read it now read it now we
1: should <laughs> Rec- because, we're recommending
0: it guys yeah no we're <laughs> recommending it it's fun it's YA if you want like a nice oh I say nice because it's actually quite sad I remember yeah, like sad. finishing that book and literally weeping like I I wept I wept I wept <laughs> it's,
1: it's, it's sad but it's good mm-hmm. also there's a series on BBC iPlayer oh Yes, but it made oh yeah they did make it into a series i, I haven't it. watched it i liked it it was good yeah
0: okay i liked it okay i trust you
1: it was giving like the vibe of tracy beaker
0: mm. different
1: obviously different but like i don't know yeah like it didn't feel like it got like a crazy budget mm-hmm. but it feels like with what they had they did they did really the well best. yeah yeah
0: that they could do yeah okay yeah interesting yeah no that's a really good one that definitely like did it for me as well when it came to like Ritual awareness. Were there any others for you? Yeah. So I think my only other one was actually The Handmaid's Tale Mm. by, of course, Margaret Atwood. Really? Yeah, but I'm jealous because everyone says it's so good it is so good it is so good and I feel like you can always read it literally at any point and it will hold up forever and ever and it does still hold up because even now when things happen it's the first thing that people turn to in terms of any kind of fight for women's rights I think people always reach for kind of like metaphors from The Handmaid's Tale because it's just so applicable like I read it back then and it shook me and
1: can you tell me what's about i know i don't want to spoil it for myself well mm-hmm. like, is it going to spoil it should i just read it yeah
0: i mean i don't want to spoil it but it's it's essentially about this <sighs> i mean when i say it's post-apocalyptic it's it's is it, it's, is it, dis- is it dystopian post- yeah definitely dystopian mm. but i don't know if it's like something i don't remember if it was like post some kind of apocalypse mm. or not but it's about this place called Gilead. I find it really sad now that when you search The the Handmaid's Tale, the, the show comes up you before the book. I think I watched the first season. It's really good. Okay. It's actually really good. It's about this place called Gilead where essentially women... it's There's been some kind of like societal overhaul, basically. Yeah. And... It's not just, like, a a gender one. It's, like, class as well. So everything has just been made, like, very structured into, like, these very strict regiments. And it is, like, in a dystopian society. And it's essentially where, like, women especially are all kind of assigned these roles. And, like, that's what your role is. Like, you're either, like... I don't remember what they were called them. What yeah. they called them, but like you're like one of the birthers, yeah, or like you're you're like married to like a rich man, so you can be like one of the well-off women, yeah, or you're like a teacher. You just like all these very stringent kind of boxes that yeah. they're like putting women and all, everyone else and poor people actually yeah. into, as like under the guise of essentially saving the human race because of like declining birth rates yeah they then make it like mandatory to have these women whose entire job it is to, to, birth children. to birth children and to like further the race so in the book like all the women essentially belong to a man so like the rich men will have to will be able to have like a wife a woman who is like for like birthing yeah. children or whatever and like all sorts of other things and then you're all called like of something yeah so for example if your male like if your husband's name is jonathan your yeah. name is now of jonathan damn yeah and you know that's like
1: <laughs> it's so funny a we not born from them but anyway do
0: you know what i mean who's of who here really jonathan <laughs> <laughs> And I think like for me, that was one of the main things that I actually took away from that book was the importance of names and naming,
1: yeah,
0: and like this whole thing of just like how when you strip something of its name, you strip it almost of its identity yeah and like why should I just completely subsume this this man's identity when it has nothing to do with me? I think that's when like I read this book after that I was like, why would I change my name after getting married? That's not my name. <laughs> That's not my name. And like, especially that was in my be- like, baby feminist day. So I was feeling very, very deeply. <laughs> not baby feminist. Yeah, that was in my baby feminist. I was like, I'll never change my name. My name is my name. Why don't you change yours? Oh my gosh. What uh, do you think of
1: men who changed their name, last name?
0: I love that. I think that's so cute. I love it. I think that is so sweet. Like, I just, yeah, I love stand. that. I yeah, stand. I stand that, for real.
1: I need to read that. Actually, another one that came to mind now that we're... And thinking back, is, and I read it in college, mm-hmm. is the Hunger Games.
0: Oh my gosh, yeah. I was in class, like, what?
1: <laughs> what is going on? I think, like you say, mm. these things that, oh, it's a new way. I understood class then, mm. but it was one of the clearest mm. representations for me mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that, and like you said, practically, like you have these districts, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and that district one and two mm-hmm. are still having to struggle in life Mm -hmm. because life is hard for everyone Mm -hmm. but you have a better chance yeah Mm -hmm. you have more resources Mm -hmm. you have training you have confidence yeah and then you have all these other districts where they don't get trained yeah they don't
0: have the resources they're only struggling to eat Mm -hmm. and I thought it was just so clever yeah it's the way, like, these books, like, really lay the systems bare, like, for you to see. Just, like, no smoke and mirrors, no whatever. I think that especially is what kind of, like, lifts the, like, smoke from your eyes. Like, when yeah. it's just, like, laid out there. And you're
1: like, huh. And you just want to always be questioning, like, am I participating? Yeah. And you know what's so funny is that, well, I'm speaking about these books, but I don't even know that anyone would say that knots and Crosses or... The Hunger Games are revolutionary books, mm. but as a child, yeah, no, as a young person, yeah, I think they they really are political they 100% books.
0: Hundred percent are
1: even more than like Harry Potter. I know Harry Potter kind of feels like a Nazi <laughs> moment, does it?
0: Because it's like oh, pure blooded. Oh, okay yeah. yeah, yeah, you're right. Mud blood. <laughs> no, but like mud Aaron blood race is vibes. like mud blood is deep. Like I feel like J.K. Rowling really dug deep I inside almost heard herself when I heard no, that. No, like for real. <laughs> No, for real. Like she really dug deep for that one because mudblood. It's it's it literally gives slur like immediately. <laughs> that's what she intended. Yeah, like slur.
1: Yeah, no, but, but yeah,
0: I don't see Harry Potter
1: as a book that really gave me that straight away. I feel like mm. that's something you have to peel away mm-hmm, to mm-hmm. see because the magic is all in your face. But yeah, knots and crosses and and like Animal Farm, like the fact that they offered that to us as children. But yeah, and then like I guess more typical ones for me i read maybe like when i was like 20 21 Mm. it was like brave new world
0: and you know that book has been on my list for the longest time because of you yeah like i always (laughs) i the amount of times i've picked it up like when i'm book shopping i see it and i'm like i'm just like (laughs) like, maybe not today (laughs) we're still here yeah maybe not not today but mm.
1: No, I mean, I think there's a lot of. I think Gabby also recommended Fahrenheit 451. Apparently, oh, yeah, that's yeah. like a similar. I like Fahrenheit 451. That? Yeah, yeah so that's so, the
0: book burning one.
1: Yeah, so I. she, When I told her I loved that, she was like, oh, then you'll love this. Yeah, so sure. I think you'll like it when you get to it. Mm-hmm. And also, How Europe Underdeveloped Africa by Walter Rodney. Mm-hmm. That book had me like the fist.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Black power. Black power. <laughs> I actually haven't read that I one was either. Mad. Yeah, like, you know, I can I imagine. I've not read anything and just felt mad. Yeah, like angry.
1: Mm-hmm. I was so angry. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I was so angry. Mm-hmm. But that that book really explained to me like the economic implications mm. of slavery.
0: Yeah. How like, far reaching and how deep, yeah. deep.
1: How wide. How wide. Like even things like explaining that in terms of like the, the scientific advancement of, of the of the West, like in order to to create scientific development, you have to make a lot of mistakes. Mm -hmm. And those mistakes are very expensive. Mm -hmm. So if you're making lots of money off of making people work for free, of course you can create all these scientific developments and develop your country. Mm -hmm. And it looks like it's because you're geniuses, but it's just because you are reaping unjust rewards. Yeah, Mm -hmm. And I just did not put the two together, ever. Mm -hmm. And I would never assume it. Mm -hmm. I would never consider it. Mm -hmm. I think that book is so important. I think Walter Rodney is so important. And it's not even a book that's I don't see it on the shelf like I feel like you have to look for it, which is another thing I feel like I'm I'm happy that things like Brave New World or 1984 are very much in pop culture. Mm -hmm. But I feel like there's others by like black authors Mm -hmm. that I don't feel like they're in the mainstream yet,
0: Mm -hmm. and they they should be. Mm
1: -hmm. Um, But that's the first time I read something, and it, it made me mad.
0: I'm trying to remember like what was the first book that made me mad was like Mm. when I read something and I was like furious actually (laughs) it was probably To Kill a Mockingbird that book made me angry I was fuming
1: I was looking at Miss Lambeth
0: (laughs) and I was like is this what you brought yeah (laughs) (laughs) I was literally fuming after reading that book god I didn't
1: like also that they were kind of championing Atticus Finch. Oh, yeah.
0: Like, oh, white savior complex? Know. Like, literally. Give me a break. Yeah.
1: Anyway. When I was thinking about this episode, I was thinking about, so those are the books that have changed me, but what books have changed the world? So mm. I kind of Googled it, pulled up some lists. Mm. And honestly, Zipporah, I haven't I haven't read them. Mm. I saw like the second sex on then I feel like you've read that.
0: Yeah, in bits and pieces. I've never read, like, the, the whole... 40. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean... I think I had one of those, like, abridged versions.
1: <laughs> I've seen them. <laughs> yeah. I kind of love them.
0: Yeah. I'm like, just give me the hard facts.
1: Yeah. I love Bullet it. Bullet it for me. <laughs> because the books that came up was, like, the Iliad. No. Uh, what else was in there?
0: Communist Manifesto. Communist
1: Manifesto. Who has the time? You know? And, and the Bible was in there. Mm. And that's the one that made me pause. Because mm. I was like... If you're in a category of, of books that are like the Bible mm-hmm. in tem- terms of influence,
0: mm-hmm.
1: I feel like I should read it mm-hmm. because I see the Bible acting on people. Yeah. I see how the Bible impacts my life. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. if there's other books that have s- constructed our society or that are guiding our society to that level, to mm-hmm. that level, I'm like, maybe I should be reading. Is it a problem that I haven't read? them? Mm-hmm. Or would, I don't know. I want to talk to you about it because mm-hmm. that's something that I couldn't resolve
0: mm-hmm.
1: for myself. Mm-hmm.
0: No, I mean I feel like these are obviously kind of like the most popular ones, uh, yeah. like just like out there, but I feel like there's other things that are in the same vein that we've read that might yeah. have like brought us the same kind of awareness that reading the Communist Manifesto or the Iliad would bring us. But then also like with the Communist Manifesto, I'm like I've lived my life, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I know what the- <laughs> I know capitalism very yeah, well. Like- <laughs> <laughs> So I'm not like, oh, we definitely need to read this in order to like understand um, this concept because I feel like a lot of the time, like, what what do you call learning that you really just gain from living your life again? I feel like there's Osmosis. a word for that. <laughs> no, I don't know. I feel know. like there's a word learning for Learning on the job. Yeah. <laughs> living. Live. Living. Live, laugh, learn. <laughs> Live, laugh, learn. <laughs> so... Yeah, no, I'm not worried about, like, not having read kind of these big yeah. idea books because I feel like the big ideas just kind of, like, seep into society anyway. <laughs> Do you know what I it's mean? Like, yeah, I've
1: tasted it. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and then I guess, like, with, like, the Iliad, I'm assuming that would just be because of, like, how revolutionary it was for, like, form, right? You're looking at someone who doesn't know. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: Yeah, but I think that's the people. thing. Is like even not knowing is what makes made me uncomfortable. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But also when I looked at, so there were lists that had black people on it. So some of the lists uh-huh. had like Toni Morrison's mm-hmm. Beloved and
0: mm-hmm.
1: Asata uh, Shakur. Oh yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, she was in there. Like Panther. Angela Davis was in there, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and those. I mean, I still haven't read those ones yet. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I mean, I've read some Toni Morrison, but there's some others that I haven't read. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I'm just thinking. Yeah, I do feel like I should. I should do something. Yeah. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I'm scared that if I don't know, then well, my. I? I also am not going to read everything. So mm-hmm. I, I yeah, agree exactly. with you. Yeah.
0: Exactly. Like, there's way too much to like, read in the world in too little time. And I don't think
1: I should take for granted the fact that, yeah, I'm alive.
0: Yeah.
1: I'm, <laughs> I'm here too. <laughs> yeah, like,
0: exactly. You're here too. <laughs> so, yeah, well,
1: thanks for that. <laughs> So aside from the classic ones, are there any that you want to read?
0: Yeah, now that you've said, actually, mm. I really want to read How Europe Underdeveloped Africa. Mm. Because, like, as we're saying, because, like, you know, some we've lived specific lives and, like, there's some things that we don't exactly need to be told. But I feel like at the same time, it would be good to know the facts like know the cold hard facts and not just you know because I've seen things and yeah. like you know I can deduce you know, yeah, you know what yeah, I mean yeah, like yeah. just to really know the ins and outs of like kind of how this was done just so I have like greater understanding Yeah. of yeah the specific ways in which like Africa has been underdeveloped because that's the only way to know how to move forward right
1: yeah mm-hmm. and and that when you talk about the specific ways that reminded me of Invisible Women mm-hmm. I've read I've read it, but I want to reread it because I read it a long time ago. Mm-hmm. But it was just little things like the fact that mobile phones are made to suit like, mm, men's hands. hands. Mm-hmm. Or toilets are mm-hmm. made to suit men. I'm like, how? Why? why?
0: <laughs> but the fact yeah, that yeah. I would take for granted... Or like seatbelts. That stuff. Mm-hmm, yeah, the, mm-hmm. the safety
1: is tested mm-hmm. like, um, with men in mind. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I would never have thought that scientists would sit there and think... We don't need to test women.
0: Mm. And you know what the funniest thing is that they don't even sit and think, oh, we don't need to test women. It's that it just doesn't literally (laughs) even occur to them. Like, it's not even something that's being done, like, nefariously. It (laughs) literally does not even occur to them. Like, it's a non-factor. But it
1: just seems so shocking. Mm-hmm. Because I I feel like the basis of science, like, in primary school, is, mm-hmm. like, what is it? Like, variations or variants mm-hmm. or, like... Mm-hmm. I don't know, but I always remember, like, when we did the plant test and you put one in sunlight and you put one in a cupboard. Yeah. And it feels like, why wouldn't that be...
0: Like, why aren't we applying those same principles yeah. to, like... Yeah. We're,
1: like, different, like... hmm Anyway, I don't know. But, yeah, it, it surprised me, and there were just loads of things in there that I think... I want to kind of go back to, and then I'm really interested in, like, instinctively I feel like the prison system is bad, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but when I talk about it, I have nothing to say yeah. except mm-hmm. that it's bad.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> just doesn't feel right to me. It
1: doesn't feel right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, so I want to read "Our um, Prisons Obsolete by Angela Davis. Mm-hmm. I have it. Mm-hmm. I haven't read it yet, but that's something that I really want to get into because mm-hmm. Yeah, like I said, it doesn't sit right with me.
0: Yeah, no, it doesn't. Yeah. And, you know, when you're having these, like, arguments and conversations about, like, you know, the carceral system or, like, whatever else, as you're saying, like, it's really hard to, like, articulate, like, why I feel that this is bad. Because a lot of the time, I don't have the statistics. I don't have, like, you know, the studies or whatever to back me up. So it would be nice to nail down some, like, actual talking points that align with what I already think.
1: Yeah, because... Generally, if something has been the status quo, Mm -hmm. people expect more to be persuaded
0: mm, even if mm-hmm. you're right
1: so you can be sitting at a dinner table saying no i actually think that's wrong because mm-hmm. da, 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 and they'll be like so why? why have you done it for 20 years yeah because you're
0: idiots. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah literally and also because it's literally a system that makes people money that's why it's Period. been done people like prison, prisons don't exist because they're so effective and they're so necessary and needed and they're doing the necessary job of like rehab like rehabilitating people that's not why they exist it's literally for money for but also
1: imagine prison, imprisoning people for crimes that are crimes today and crimes tomorrow, mm. to, or crimes today and not a crime tomorrow mm-hmm. in different mm-hmm. states. Like mm-hmm. this. Or even, I don't know if you heard about that woman who went, was been sent to jail because she yeah, terminated she her terminated pregnancy, pregnancy. Mm-hmm. past the, mm-hmm. I don't know, appropriate term. Mm-hmm. It's just like...
0: Okay, and especially like during COVID, like is that really a case that requires jail time? Like is that, what exactly are we going to achieve by like sectioning this woman away from like society like how is that and like just
1: what's that got to like, what it, it, speechless yeah no <laughs> literally like no and so I feel like I want to be able to be able to speak about it because I even want to be able to envision a future that is different mm-hmm, better mm-hmm. more effective like yeah. you say mm-hmm. and yeah like, I don't have yeah like what are the solutions
0: like what are the yeah, what are the solutions? Like, what are the other possible routes that we could take instead of, like, the system that we now have in place? Yeah,
1: and that's why I love, like, revolutionary writing and why I want to read more, because mm. it's very difficult when you've only seen things done one way mm-hmm. to even begin to Envision imagine something else. something else. Yeah, to mm-hmm. Even if you imagine it, to believe that it could work. Mm-hmm. So, yeah,
0: that's what I'm going to check out. Yeah, no, those all sound really good. I'm probably just going to steal that entire list from you. <laughs> no, sounds great, honestly.
1: Okay, so now it's time for our book request segment book recs where we recommend you guys books when you send in your book requests oh my goodness what am i saying
0: <laughs> <laughs> the right thing
1: okay <laughs> okay well we recommend books for your specific general wild simple plain book requests
0: so yeah okay so this week we have a listener that says hey Stack. hey hey (laughs) i don't know what to read next i feel that please could you recommend a good book that struck you that marked you that you found extraordinary in some way someone's a poet reaching for the stars (laughs) yeah (laughs) Uh, i love marked you yeah yeah, like I love the phrasing of that because sometimes books really do mark you. Like they leave a mark, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Okay. Have you got any for this? Yeah, I think
1: leaning into being marked. I mm-hmm. think for me, it's the autobiography of Markham X mm-hmm. because I don't think I've ever read anyone with that much conviction mm-hmm. in my life.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I don't. I have. He was. He. He was so like duty bound mm. so clear in kind of direction mm. um, and pursuit yeah and he ju- it just felt like everything he did was for that purpose and it's just so inspiring to see it and another person who really taught me about race and how it operates on us at the community level yeah, and how it operates on us practically and yeah like to be up against so much more than even me at the time and still have the hope to go wake up every morning and try to change everything yeah
0: yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: it really changed my life and I read it very very young yeah um, but so yeah that left a
0: mark huh
1: yeah for sure
0: Who Are you <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so I'm going to recommend two that also. I feel like really definitely left a mark on me. I'm actually going to recommend nonfiction. Mm
1: Come on now. (laughs) Yeah.
0: (laughs) Because these, I think, really shaped kind of my ideologies and like the way that I feel about my identity. And they really helped me work through some things. And they have stuck with me, like ever since I read them, these are both books that I go back to regularly. I haven't read them in like a few years to be fair, but I always go back to it and this isn't even to say that these are the best books on this topic, yeah. but these are just books that like when I read, they really, really affected me, yeah, so the first one would be Black Feminist Thought by Patricia Hill Collins. That's one that I always recommend. It is like. I wouldn't say that it's, like, dense. It is a little bit... Yeah, it's thick. It is a little bit academic, but I feel like it's so interesting still in the same vein where, like, it's interesting enough, personally, it was to me anyway, to still kind of hold you even though, like, it can be a bit obtuse at times. (laughs) And then just kind of, it was my first kind of foray into actual like black feminism how that kind of might differ from mainstream feminism and what there is to kind of gain from a more like intersexual well from a more (laughs) intersectional (laughs) from a more intersectional practice of feminism Mm. and I like how I think one of the chapters especially kind of broke down kind of like these female archetypes that a lot of times black women found themselves being forced into Mm. and that was really powerful for me because it was a good tool to help me break out of feeling like I needed to fit in those boxes or Mm. that you know those stereotypes would always be applied to me. But yeah, so I really, really love Black Feminist Thought mm. and it explores loads of like other black feminists as well, like Alice Walker and Bell Hooks and Audre Lorde. So, Are they in there? Or it kind of talks about Yeah, it her? talks about like also their theories and mm. like the things that they have discussed in their lives. Yeah, I need to read that. I have it. I, yeah. it. I mean, it's, it's it's dense. I've heard it for years. Yeah, that's, that's a good one. <laughs> And then my second one, also kind of in that vein, was going to be, uh, it's called Bitch in Praise of Difficult Women by Rebecca Wurzel, who died a few years ago, actually. R.I.P. Oh, Rest RIP. in peace. peace. Rest in peace to a bad bee. So that one is more kind of about, yeah, difficult women and kind of how I think it's like a analysis of quote-unquote manipulative female behavior and it kind of looks at like these specific women through through history and in society who have been labeled quote-unquote difficult and bad and kind of how they came to be labeled in that way and Mm. what it really means for a woman to be difficult Mm. and how often that's a label given to women who are just trying to live life for themselves and trying to break free of like societal restraints and i love how like it also like goes into like figures from the bible for example like delilah Mm. or like and then also she gets some hate oh my god right like women to be fair like there's not a single woman in the bible who had a good not a single one Mary. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That's about it. That's about it. Because, like, if you think about the rest of them, I'm like, not a single one had a good. It was Pharaoh's wife. Pharaoh's wife. She got away with what she did to Joseph. Oh, yeah, (laughs) but not many. There's not many. Yeah, but then I mean, even then, they're painted as you know, yeah, wicked. Yeah, this wicked, like Jezebel.
1: Jezebel.
0: (laughs) So yeah, she talks about like Delilah from the Bible. She talks about Yoko Ono. She talks about Mm -hmm. Marilyn Monroe, Sylvia Plath, Mm -hmm. who we just discussed. So just all these kind of controversial female figures uh, throughout history, and just like a deep dive into that. And yeah, it just kind like shook me up it made me realize that you know what that would be difficult yeah to quote city girls act bad <laughs> act bad act bad act look bad. look good act bad <laughs> exactly um, um, i
1: love the title of that in praise of difficult women yeah um yeah exactly love that
0: so yeah, those are going to be our recommendations. We hope that you can take something away from that and read and enjoy. Was there any that you wanted to add on, actually? No, I think that's... That's, that's all good? Yeah. Okay, great. Solid. Yeah, we hope you enjoy those.
1: Time for takeaways. What are you taking away?
0: Uh, what am I taking away? I feel like, actually, <laughs> this is the perfect way to wrap up this season because yeah. speaking about all these books that have had like such massive impacts on us has just made me kind of re-remember what I love about reading so much mm-hmm. and what I love about discussing reading with you yeah. you yeah. know yeah it's Just like this so, has been a
1: really good day yeah exactly
0: yeah. just so like insightful just reminded me how much I actually do learn from books and how much books have really revolutionized my life and my ways of thinking and my yeah my outlook yeah
1: Also, to jump piggyback off you, Mm -hmm. (laughs) that yeah, the the capacity for books to lift my mood,
0: Mm -hmm. oh yeah, um,
1: and remind me of things I forget Mm -hmm. when society like pulls me into its Mm -hmm. kind of game. Mm -hmm. I'm being very cynical, but (laughs) like, (laughs) I've never. Yeah, my takeaway from this episode is, I guess we kind of spoke about it, like the kind of books we want to read more about. Mm -hmm. I guess, kind of a reminder to be a bit more hopeful because sometimes. I feel like these books can be sad Mm -hmm. and we feel like, okay, this is the way the world is. Yeah. Like shrugs. It is
0: what it is. Yeah.
1: But I just want to be reminded that
0: they're
1: supposed to be encouraging. They're supposed Mm -hmm. to be like, look, see, Mm -hmm. go do something. Yeah. Um, Mm -hmm. So I want to remember to do the second part.
0: Yeah. The something part. Yeah. (laughs) I think for me, it's also just a good reminder of like why I love reading. Mm. Yeah. 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 Why I love reading and why it's important practice in my life. Yeah. Like, because, like, beyond it just being, like, escapism, like, I think it's, like, reading is 100% self-care for me. And it's when we're, like, talking about these kind of books that is really, like, at the forefront of my mind that, like, this actually helped me
1: yeah yeah like self-care self-development like Mm,
0: exactly self-introspection that's why when
1: i'm not reading i actually
0: don't feel like myself no no, exactly i'm disappearing yeah (laughs) i'm fading (laughs) no it really does even like the power of like a book to take you out of those moods sometimes or like to take you out of that space by just yeah yeah providing a portal wow i guess that's been it for season two thank you guys so much for the last time for this season for tuning in (laughs) because we'll be back we will be back but we've loved having you this time around and we hope that you've enjoyed this season as much as we've enjoyed it (laughs) as much as we've enjoyed it being back with you
1: yeah next season we what are we doing?
0: What are we doing? Well, we will see. We'll see. Yeah. Surprise!
1: <laughs> <laughs> follow yeah. us on Instagram to find out what we'll be doing for the next season.
0: Yeah, and also follow on Instagram for some off-season goodies and content as well. Yeah, because we've we've reached some goals that we're going to share with you guys. Exactly. And
1: it's all thanks to you guys, so we want to like celebrate with you. Yes, indeed. So look out for that on at the stacked pod on Instagram. And yeah, I think for the last time this season, oh, this has been stacked. Yeah,
0: guys, remember to pick up a book, even <laughs> when we're not around to tell you.
1: But well, we will be there on Instagram. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Bye.